Well, um, I think that this might be, and this isn't always between months. There's always a bit of a transition, but I think going from what we were talking about last month to this month is maybe the starkest one we've had yet. <laughs> and um, to christen it, I want to say from Gene Dealman to what's Michael Bean's deal, man. <laughs> I hope that lands for you. <laughs> All right. And the applause. Give it a couple more seconds. All right. Everyone's back with us now. Um, They've all Googled who, who that is. Well, if you watch Terminator. <laughs> you should know. He's credited above Linda Hamilton. So that he is. Um, anyway, welcome to uh, wait. No. Oh, my God. No. Wait. As you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast. So it'll either be the best joke ever told. <laughs> or something along the lines of welcome to late to the movies. My name's Ben, and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. This week, that movie kicking off a brand new month with a brand new theme is The Terminator, 1984's James Cameron's The Terminator. It's James Cameron month. Big Jim Winter. Yeah, it's Big Jim Winter. There's no way around it, right? <laughs> no. It's got to be Big Jim Winter. Uh, my guests left to right across your podcast dial. We got Bree. We got Sam. Hey. Yeah, you're right. It's Big Jim Winter. There's a, <laughs> there's no way around it. I thought maybe it'd be funnier to go Big James Winter because like, because people call him, you know, James Cameron, but people call him Big, Big Jim. Jim already. And so to do the wrong one, like when we said Steve instead of Steven Spielberg, yeah. just things that people don't call these people. James I don't know. in the giant winter. <laughs> yeah. And then just gets sweaty in a not fun way. Yep. So. <laughs> Whatever, it's Big Jim Winter. Um, I almost thought you you, you you figured out how to start the podcast there for a second. I you know, were, I was slipping. <laughs> you almost you almost figured it out. Slipping. And it's gone. It's gone. I already <laughs> forgot. Um, This theme probably takes less explanation than last month, but just in case, James Cameron, as of today, has the one, three, and five highest grossing films of all time. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Ben from the future, and while it was true at the time of recording that James Cameron had the one, three, and five highest grossing films of all time, wouldn't you know it, by the time this episode's coming out, it's more like one, three, and four! So, I guess we could have seen that coming, but whatever. It is what it is. I don't want to be wrong, though, so um, I'm coming to you from the future to, uh, to let you know. We'll see. It's actually pretty there's a chance that Avatar 2 can overtake Titanic, but it's like, just when you think that's a possibility, Titanic's coming out next week again, so it probably won't catch it. Who knows? Either way, it'll be one, three, and four. That is the correct figure now. All right, back to the past. We already did number three with you guys about a year ago, last March. Um, I'll probably re-upload that just so people don't have to search for it in case you want to hear about Titanic. But he also did Terminator and T2, um, Aliens, Avatar, maybe you've heard of it. Uh, and he's been, you know, for a guy that has that is dominating it, he only has, what, nine movies? So like that. Don't forget Piranha 2. Well, yeah, so starting with Piranha 2 and then we got this. Hired off the strength, not so much of Piranha 2, but for his mostly unused script for Rambo. Rambo First Blood Part two. 2. Yeah. Which uh, Stallone said was bad, but I guess it was strong <laughs> enough to get him 
hired to direct this movie. And strong enough to keep him a credited writer on Rambo. Yeah, I guess so. Um, anyway, that's all context that we don't need to get into yet. So let's talk about, I don't know, you guys watched anything good recently. Watch more Ted Lasso. Yeah, we're still, we're very, pl- we're, we're a very video game heavy household right now. Yeah. So the actual watching of... Uh, Ted Lasso's in FIFA 23. Yep. <laughs> Maybe I'd like to say that's how I learned about that, but it's not. <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, I've been liking it. Roy Kent might be a top five sitcom character for me all time now. He's, he's solid. Just, he's just Can't very wait good. To see his Hercules. Yep. Which is oh man. Anything you've been watching, Ben? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, not too many movies because I've been watching the Twin Peaks: The Return. Showtime miniseries from, I want to say, 2017. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, Twin Peaks The Return, or a.k.a. Twin Peaks The Limited Series, a.k.a. a.k.a. Uh, Twin Peaks Season 3. Uh, really good. So I watched all that. There's 18 episodes. They're like each an hour long. All... I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah. I've only seen the first two seasons. Yeah. I have not seen Firewalk with me. Firewalk with me is good. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting because obviously he has a hand throughout the first couple seasons, which was originally just the whole run of Twin Peaks. But I think Lynch only directed six of those episodes. Interesting. Um, and then he directs all 18 of these 25 years later. <laughs> and I was sort of enthused to see how much Firewalk with me matters to like the end game. I of have heard the that, limited yeah. series. Um, yeah. And it, it also sort of crystallized on. Uh, a thought that I didn't bring up on the Mulholland Drive episode <laughs> because we had just other stuff to talk about. I don't know if you listened to that yet. I have not listened to it yet. Uh, the most divisive movie that we've done, just if you're going by the people on that episode, <laughs> what Twin Peaks The Return sort of highlights is I do think David Lynch is quite often just fucking with the audience. Yes. Um, it's it's it remind me a lot of Glass Onion, the song, just just in terms of like, you know, making fun of your audience for reading too much into stuff because um, he in introduces like 40 new characters <laughs> and resolves less than 5% of the plot lines he introduces in this series, maybe. Yeah. So I don't, I didn't particularly, yeah. <laughs> uh, season one, Twin Peaks, good. Uh, season two, I don't, I actively dislike. Yes. Um, um it's it f- the end of this felt a lot like the end of the original run. So the end of season two, where David Lynch is apparently a lot more hands-off. It's mostly Mark Frost, who I should say gets kind of slagged for being, you know, the too normal and not running it well, but apparently a lot of the weirder, more esoteric stuff actually came from him. In the original run of the series, David Lynch came back to, I guess, mostly rewrite and direct the final episode. And he, uh, same there, sort of just like went like, uh, whatever, with a lot of the plot lines and just focused on Agent Cooper and Laura Palmer. Basically, the same thing happens here. There's all these other characters. They just like, yeah, the show was never about that. We're going to focus on these people for the last hour. I know there's a scene where someone sweeps for a while. I have a friend that's crazy about that scene. And yeah, it's a few minutes. It's a few minutes of a guy just sweeping, just sweeping. I hate I hate that so much. (laughs) It's not that long. It's not it's not that long. And it's fine. And they're in the bar. So there's music playing. You can listen to the music. Okay. I don't. I have not seen this scene. It's only been explained to me as, not that long. oh man, this scene is so good, and I'm like, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> it's <laughs> it fine. Very pretentious. It works. It works right. in the I'll context. Ch- I don't think David Lynch is a bad director. I do think 
he the potential for fans to get up their own ass about David Lynch is higher than most directors. Yeah, and, I, and it does seem like he recognizes that and wants to make fun of people who do that <laughs> quite often. That's fair. Um. Okay, from Gene Thielman to what's Michael Bean's deal, man? <laughs> it's 1984. Return of the Jedi came out last year, but now action movies will never look the same because here comes the Terminator. Uh, yeah, so I had seen this movie before. It, if I have ever actually just sat down and watched it, it's been a really long time since that happened. Maybe like college. How about you guys? Yeah, um, I've watched it once. I want to say it was college-ish for me too. Uh, definitely was on TV because I don't remember there being boobs in the movie that I watched. Because she was even saying, she's like, we're going to get boobs here? And I was like, no I don't, and I was like, I was like, I don't think. And then I'm like, yep, no, we're getting boobs. We're getting boobs big time. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. at first it was subtle and then it was not. <laughs> Bree? <laughs> um, I have not seen it. Um, my dad was huge into action movies though, so I've definitely seen parts of the first one, the second one. I don't know when the third one came out. Um, so. they stopped, they stopped using numbers. It's hard to track. Yeah. Right. Um, but definitely I've seen an amalgamation of scenes from like almost all of them. So I don't know which ones belong to which movie. Definitely um, seen trailers for the one that Daenerys is in. Yeah. She's in one, right? She is. She is. She is in one, just not believably as Sarah Connor. The newest one, right? Mackenzie Davis is in one of the most recent ones from *Halt and Catch Fire*. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. So, who wants to give us a one minute plot summary? I can do it. Okay. All right. Uh, no, no Vaz to speed me on this time. So, no. it be yeah. Clear. Uh, all right, so there's um there's a girl and her name's Sarah Connor, and uh, she's she's having a good old time, and then it turns out that there's this weird looking uh giant naked Austrian man who kills a bunch of people for clothes, and uh, he starts killing people named Sarah Connor, and she's like, ooh, that's my name, that's probably a bad thing for me, uh, and then she's uh then uh, he kills her roommate. And her roommate's uh, boy toy, and then um, then uh, she goes to the police, and there's a guy from the future, and the guy from the future is like, "Hey, I'm your son's best friend, uh, and I'm later his dad, but that's not right now." And then uh, he, and then Terminator keeps killing people. He drives into the police station. He tries to kill him. They go on the run. Uh, then uh, they bang so that they can make the f- the son that was predicted. And then uh, Terminator's like, oh, I'm going to get you. And then they blow him up, like, I think at least seven times. And then one of those times uh, kind of works. And then he just torsos his way over to her. But he stupidly puts himself under a hydraulic press. And then she hits the button, says a cool fucker line. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, went like, you like 10 seconds over. So, oh, you're, so you're Terminator fucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Uh, when we did the Vertigo episode. Yes. Basically um, the same movie. I got yeah. some feedback that it was hard to follow. Okay. I think part of the reason is the person who told me that hadn't seen the movie. Yep. That's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Jean Diamant was the opposite. Not a ton happens plot-wise. Yep. Um, and then this same deal for an action movie of the time that starts with an opening text block about it being the future, but don't worry about that yet because yep. we're back in 1984. 
Um, that's only set six years in the future, actually. Yeah, from from today. From today, twenty twenty nine is the future robot war. Still time. Still time. Um, I end game robot war. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, the elegance of the plot in this is not something like I said. I don't know the last time I actually sat down and just watched this, if ever. Um, that's what really stood out to me. It is straightforward yeah um in a really nice way you don't actually get the big exposition dump to laura from michael bean the reese character that's the guy that's sent back from the future to help her uh, until about 47 minutes in in the first 10 minutes you get that you get that blurb at the beginning Mm. but um the terminator arnold comes in and kills bill paxton and takes his pants (laughs) um you figure you do like here's sarah connor um, Michael Bean pops up and he like gets some Nikes and does has like a little chase with the cops and you figure out that the Terminator is going through the phone book killing people named Sarah Connor and that takes like 13 minutes yep. and there's no dialogue of anyone saying this is what they're doing and why mm-hmm. um, those three characters haven't met each other yet but you get all this stuff you get everyone's deal you Man. you get Sarah's like kind of personality yep. um, and here we go. Let's let's go. Let's yeah. rock. And it's, I mean, the beginning's interesting. I, I'm trying to try specifically not to jump too far forward. Uh, it is a movie that evokes a lot of, you know, questions for first time viewing because you're like, who's this guy? Are they both robots? You're like, even yeah. if you go in knowing the plot of the Terminator, you're like, okay, I know, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's a cyborg. I've seen the picture with the red eye. Like, you probably don't know, like, what Reese's deal is. And you're like, is this a guy? Like, they, they kind of don't tell you like this guy could be a terminator this guy's clearly from the future when he gets held up he yells what day is it and the guy says like may 12th or something and he goes no what year and the officer doesn't answer him because the officer's like oh this guy's on drugs you know like um but yeah it's it is a very slow burn very 80s intro um i was trying to place it kind of like in my brain of like okay like i'm say like i was born in like the late sixties or like the mid sixties, like mm-hmm. and this movie's coming out in like my prime. Oh, this is what I think is cool years. Um, like you've, you've, you've gone through, like you said, you've gone through star Wars. Yeah. Uh, the thing has flopped, but the thing did come out like before <laughs> this, uh, warriors, E-E-T's 82. Yep. Warriors has been out. I think warriors is like late seventies. Sure, yeah. yeah something 80s. like that. So like the synth soundtrack still lands, like everyone's in on, like I'm sure everyone's in on the synth soundtrack. Everyone's in on the dark brooding, you know, like beginning. Um, And that's but like the thing that like really, really stood out to me. And this is also like, you know, an eighties action movie thing. is just how absolutely grimy they make that city just feel like you like, like you're literally sitting there like, man, I wouldn't go out to a club in this town. Like, (laughs) My friends keep trying to get me to go out to Tech Noir, but yeah. I, I won't do it. What's the name of the? Like, I just love the. What? what where are you? I'm at a club named Tech Noir in the background. It's just literally just Tech Noir. So we actually accidentally did a good setup here, where we've both talked about something that stood out to us. Bree is is someone who hasn't watched this before. Um, anything particular stand out to you? Uh, so I'm not, I've mentioned it before with like the Die Hard podcast. Um, I don't really like action movies. Um, this one, I do think I like a lot more just because of the sci-fi, um, element to it. Um, I was saying, I know this is an action movie, but I also wanted to categorize it kind of as, as, um, 
as a thriller because yeah. like I can't imagine like someone going into like this movie in the 80s and not being freaked out <laughs> like I, it's not enough to be yeah. a horror movie but like it's still kind of freaky <laughs> yeah I, I, I had the same thought that I didn't remember it being like action horror mm. you know and then it makes sense that he goes and makes aliens which is coming from a movie that was pretty much straight horror thriller mm -hmm. and making it like more actiony right and him taking this act what mm -hmm. you would think is just action especially like i feel like the cultural consciousness of terminator is mostly about t2 yes um yeah judgment day the skynet gone live that's yeah. Oh, we, from from this is the end one of the best jokes it, we started it and brie was like i thought terminator was a good guy like, yeah, and yeah. it's not a wrong thought like i was sitting there having to be like you're, you're watch the movie i, remember. I thought it was a, a blade situation where it's like isn't he like also yeah. human and then he's yeah. like trying to kill robots he's only he's only part robot <laughs> yeah. um i yeah he's, he's a day walker but whatever the version is for robots um yeah, I think I I, had the, I went through the same thing when I the first time I watched this or maybe as a kid just because, yeah, the image of him is with the little kid and saving him and the thumbs up out of the molten yep. like uh, smelting thing. Yep. Um, and Probably just, the most enduring image of the whole trilogy. Absolutely, yeah. And maybe that and, you know, Leo and Kate at the front of the Titanic or from Cameron's career. Yep. It's like right up there with that, I think. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, Thing that I, maybe it was when like the first time I went to Universal and they had a Terminator ride or something and like <laughs> oh I thought this this was a good guy right. like, no nah, no nah, nah, not yet <laughs> you gotta wait for that and uh, yeah so I think those those are good takeaways mm. um, the that is another thing that I did want to talk about is it's, it's sort of like the action thriller thing and um, it really is just you know. It feels a lot like Michael Myers almost. He yeah. just he's just he just keeps coming. Yeah, yeah. that's why um, instead of stabs, you're blowing him up. But yeah. same deal, he just keeps coming. <laughs> that's why, like uh, going into it, I didn't have like for myself like um, super high expectations to enjoy it. But because there was a lot of like thriller horror elements to it, it's like oh yeah. no, I can vibe with this. The it, synth is really good too. It reminded me of the Sega Genesis back in the day. So good. <laughs> yeah, the music's great. In this it's interesting that this movie ends. Um, to me, like I'm trying to think of like a movie comparably to now where it's like this movie ends Arnold's like not like the end of the movie, just like 1984. Like now, like this is the establishing movie for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger spends the entire film being a bad guy. And it's just kind of funny. And like I mean, he's been in Conan, you know, at this point. And I think the Conan, I think we looked up the Conan sequel came out the same year yeah. as uh, this. But it's just interesting. I can't think of a... And maybe I'm just missing an obvious one. I can't think of a seminal movie where the main bad guy like blows up. Like he is huge after this. He is like the guy. And like the main two oh, we, stars. We, I bet we can think of something. Yeah, I'm sure there's something. But it's like Alien. People love the Xenomorph. People love Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was a stupid joke. Keep going. And everybody no, hates. It's a valid uh, take. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> no one likes Sigourney Weaver. Musical guest, yeah. the Xenomorph. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we all remember the. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just I more be just like the fact that like Michael Bean and Linda Hamilton, like Linda Ham, I all due respect to Linda Hamilton, who did have a career, you know, a, a solid career. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like the S tier person here, and then everyone yeah. else is w way lower. Like. Uh, yeah, like Lance Beans Hendrickson might be also great in Aliens, and yep. but as is Lance Hendrickson. Yep. 
Uh, yeah, just from a longevity and popping up in movies thing, it's probably Henriksen yeah. next. <laughs> Does Michael Bean get the game over, man? Game over and only uh, Paxton. That is Paxton. Yeah, yeah. Bean's the Bean's one of the people that. Have you seen Aliens? Oh, I think I have. Okay. One, uh, it was one of those, like when I was like much younger. I, I, won't, I won't spoil yeah. whether or not Bean makes it to the end <laughs> uh, because you should watch the movie. The movie I re- rocks. Yeah, I just couldn't. I remember his. Character. He's one of. The, he's like the. He's probably like the second lead. Yeah, and Paxton. Maybe Paul the, Reiser. Paxton is maybe the, the xenomorph. <laughs> maybe the girl. Oh um, uh, yeah, Newt. Pa- Paxton is the 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 comic relief guy. Yes. That, yeah, I think I was getting their roles switched in my head a little bit. The same the same vibe that he has in his like one or two lines in this movie. Yep, where he's just like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all that to say, um, yeah. So doing just like a little bit of digging, not that much. Just yep. Arnold's as good a place as any to jump in, even though it's James Cameron month on this yep. because it's. How like can you, you said, do the Terminator without talking about all? Yeah, and we'll get to plot and stuff. But so yeah. Arnold is is interesting because I feel like just like the Terminator image in popular culture is mostly T two, um, the Arnold's sort of storyline that I think if you asked anyone, they're like, oh yeah, he, he's in Terminator and then he blows up. Um, he's in a bunch of movies before this. He wins a Golden Globe in the seventies. What did he win a Golden Globe for? He wins a Golden Globe for best, uh, I think, debut actor or best debut performance in in a movie that is not his debut because Hercules in Central Park, mm-hmm. I think, comes out first. Oh, so Hercules in New York. No, sorry. Okay. Stay hungry. Stay hungry. <laughs> yeah. Classic Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Bob Raffleson film starring Jeff Bridges and Sally Field that he, uh, 1976. And then, because I was in such an Arnold mood after watching Terminator last night, I watched Pumping Iron. Yep. Have you ever seen Pumping Iron? <laughs> I have not seen Pumping Iron, but you I'm would aware love of Pumping what it is. Iron. I would. Uh, Pumping Iron is 1977. Like I said, we'll get to the plot of Terminator eventually, but Pumping Iron's a, a 1977 documentary. Um, I'll tell you why I say that in air quotes in a second about the 1975 Mr. Universe and Mr. Olympia bodybuilding competitions in Pretoria, South Africa, um, in which Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a starring role and a bunch of other people are that were like big bodybuilders at the time that if you were into that scene, you'd know are in it. And then also Lou Ferrigno is the main person that's challenging Arnold for oh. the title. Why I had like documentary in quotes is that it's, it's basically like a work shoot pretty much. Yep. Um, Royal Rumble's later today, so I'm using a wrestling term. <laughs> but um, it's mostly a documentary, and it's about a real competition. Yep. It's not a scripted competition. It's a real like sport that these guys are training to do mm. and to perform and get judged on in yep. South Africa. Um, but they added some stuff that's like definitely scripted. But the movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as a... Like I said, it comes out in 77, but it's from 75. I think he's 28 at the time. And he is um, so fucking charismatic. It's ridiculous. As a young pre-acting career guy, he he carries himself like prime Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. He carries himself like Larry Bird walking into the locker room at the first three-point contest and asking who's coming in second. second. Yeah, Yeah, that's his vibe the whole time. And you're like, oh, okay, I get why they wanted this guy to be in movies. (laughs) 
And you can he's like kind of playing it up. He's like kind of hamming it up so he can be like the villain kind of. Yeah. But you're still rooting for him because you're like, wow, he's he's just a lot cooler than Lou Ferrigno. I'm almost surprised he didn't end up in uh, wrestling even well, for it, a minute. That's the thing. You can you can definitely. It would have been like a one to one. That movie rocks, and it's free. It's just like it's on a few different streaming services, but you can watch it, quote unquote, via Freevee on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And Freevee, as the name suggests, is it's free. So <laughs> that's what like IMDb turned into, right? IMDb TV. So yeah, something like that that you can just like pop on. So um, that's how you do it through an app, but you can also I think just go to the Freevee website. Uh yeah. So Arnold. The way people think about Arnold is it is pretty much immediate that this movie happens and then he goes off, but it's really more like a he's already pretty famous in his own bodybuilding circle for like a decade before this movie comes out. Yeah, he started bodybuilding at 15, won his first competition at 20. Yeah. <laughs> like he was established. Yeah, so more than a decade before this movie comes out when he's 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, even without many lines, he, he still pops off the screen in this. Yeah. This movie has one of the best posters of all time because like the dude is a special effect himself. It's just him in the sunglasses <laughs> holding a gun. Yep. And it's like a black background with some red 80s lines behind. One of the best posters of all time because he just looks like a fucking badass. <laughs> Where do you think it would like I don't want to set like a meta game but like do you think it's a like, top 5 poster all time? Like it's got to be I, it's way up there. Yeah. Like I it, Star Wars so probably one. <laughs> You know, like yeah. the Scarface is up there. Like, you know, there's a lot of iconic Vertigo iconic poster. Vertigo posters up Which there. made it real hard to make a, a fake poster out of. <laughs> I had to use like a weird sideways one that had the pictures of the actors too. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, um, it's just interesting to think about because like you're not wrong. Like just probably sold a million dorm pictures, yeah. you know, a million. To tie this back to the beginning of the film mm-hmm. so we can actually go through the plot. Um <laughs> The iconic look that Arnold has in this movie, the sunglasses, the leather jacket, um, I guess is an, it's like an adjusted version of what he steals from the punks. Why do you take their fingerless gloves? <laughs> did he need those? And also, I think that's really cool. How did all these things fit him? That's what I had. Well, that's another thing is yeah. he's he's at least three times bigger than the guys he's taking yeah. is from. And they're not wearing like it would have been one thing if they were like, oh, it's the 90s and they're all wearing shirts down to their like yeah. knees and stuff. But that's also not the case. Yeah. And again, having watched Pumping Iron after this, I know that his biceps are like 23 inches around. Yeah. So he's not fit in the same jacket as Bill Paxton. No, probably not. <laughs> um, and that, yeah, that was my thought. Why do these fit him? That's that's like whatever it's a movie but why do you take the fingerless gloves yep. that's the one i got hung up on <laughs> you think he loses them later because he's like these aren't cool <laughs> these are stupid. i thought um, these gloves were cool but they're yeah. not cool the, gl- the studded gloves to match the studded shoes yeah <laughs> yeah um the point i was trying to make i guess with pumping iron is that in this movie you might get the impression that he doesn't speak english and that he's not charismatic yeah whereas that movie from almost 10 years earlier He's super charismatic, and not only does he speak English, he is mentally destroying people with yep. his lang- with his words. Maybe so good. <laughs> needs a face turn. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which he gets. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and in, in, in T2, he does get it. Um, but yeah, man, cool, cool movie. So we, we're in the present. Michael Bean comes through the lightning and is also in the present. Uh, clothing doesn't make it through. 
too bad for them. They got to find clothes. He steals a homeless man's pants immediately. It's his first option. That's choice A for him. Good line reads by the, I don't, I just want to throw out that guy. That guy had like two lines and he crushed both of them. Just the, Hey man, you see a bright light. (laughs) (laughs) That man stole my pants. And he did. He did. Yeah. He put the correct emphasis on those lines. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't want to, it's, you know, it's 1980. Like I was trying to like the whole time we were looking at the special effects and we were looking at like, uh, the practical effects and all that stuff. And you're trying to like put yourself into, okay, it's 1984 trying to think of movies that came out around that. Like the lightning effect was an interesting choice for me. Cause this is two years before back to the future. I think that sounds right. Um, Back to the Future probably perfecting the time travel, like lightning, you know, like electrical uh, effects. So, like, given the past that, like, that hadn't come out yet. It seems a little weird to me because it's also the same effect they use. I don't mean, again, sorry to skip forward. It is used later when uh, the uh, T1 is um, in, in in some bad times. So, like, I feel weird that, like, okay, the same effect that is used for time travel for humans and cyborgs is the same one that is used for, but I don't know. Like, how do you, I guess it's just to, the beginning has a lot of effects. How, like, I don't know, yeah. like, um, and. The toy helicopter. Being the toy, yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking about that because, like, at the beginning I was thrown off because, like, when we're back in the, back uh, in the past future, um, when they're showing the robot war, they have the. They have the plane, which is like obviously a model plane that yeah. somebody is like moving through. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of a weird time, and I think the set design, especially at the beginning, and the um, and like how they handle things works very well. I'm not sure the special effects, the special effects definitely don't age well, but that's not their fault. Um, I don't yeah. know if they land, and I mean that in a way that I think people probably thought they were like crazy back then. Yeah, but it's hard to kind of in 39 years. Yeah. Um. But it's not like something compared to the thing that we just watched that we were like, this holds up 100%. Yeah. Like, everything's great. That was two years before this, mm-hmm. I think. At least yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was definitely it was. before it. Uh, I know the budget wasn't as big on this movie either. Like, I think it had like a $7 million budget. In yeah, that makes sense. First time yeah, director. Not actually, like but. Mil, 100 mil. You know, yeah. like it is a very. A not actually first time director because of Piranha 2, yeah. but the way that he counts it, I think. Um, yeah, I. Had the same thought, especially that first bout of lightning. You're kind of like, yeah, it looks pretty cheesy. Yep. Um, I thought not to skip too far ahead, but I really liked the stop motion robot. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of that guy. <laughs> Think he oh. looks great. <laughs> no notes. No notes. We can get to that later. Um, it's very, but. very Harryhausen once he starts walking around. Um, I do have thoughts on that, but we'll 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 get there. So yeah, he pops out of the lightning. Bean yep. pops out of the lightning. Linda Hamilton is. I, I always love like these these small details that are like oh, okay that like I'm never gonna remember that hey, there's an iguana in her house. Yep. <laughs> there's there's an iguana situation. Yep. <laughs> that it is used for a fake scare. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The exactly. Of the iguana. I, cute because it has its mouth open like half the time, just bobbing around. I feel like, and I can't think of a good example. Sorry, but I just I do feel like. Maybe it became like an '80s action movie thing that there's just like a weird detail that yep. you don't know if that was a character choice or something, <laughs> uh, or like Linda Hamilton actually owned it. Yeah, and she just like, like couldn't find a babysitter that day. Yeah. So anyway, she has in her contract that every character needs to own an iguana. Yep. 
So she goes to work. She's a waitress. Oh, it's a terrible time to terrible be a waitress. Time. Yeah, everyone's messing with her. <laughs> the kid, the kid. I loved the it's kid. A good bit. The kid gets. You're a child in the '80s. You're probably I don't know what that kid was like ten, maybe less, maybe like seven. You get an ice cream scoop. You have a scoop of ice cream for you being a bratty little kid and like trying to help you. You decide in that moment. I don't want this sweet treat. I want to dump this <laughs> in the waitress's smock. <laughs> Like that's going to be it's much better bit. for me. <laughs> it's a good bit. Well, you know, it's really the parents' fault because yeah. then then an adult tells them, good job. Good job. <laughs> good job. We hate that lady. We, hate, we should be tipping you. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. Uh, and then you get a scene that I want to call out because it has a good joke in it. And you're like, ah, James Cameron. <laughs> he's, he's already He's already got the juice. When the Terminator is looking at the guns mm-hmm. and he's looked at a bunch of guns already and he's like, let me see the Uzi. Yep. And uh, the guy selling him guns is like, yeah, any of these are ideal for home defense. Yes. <laughs> he's got a, he's, he's holding like six machine guns. <laughs> Which one do you want? All of them. And he's like, oh, I get to close up early. <laughs> yeah. Guy's so happy. And he's like, oh, you can't put bullets in that. And then what do you say? Does he say wrong? <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Or it's like, you're not supposed to do that. Or it's yeah. like, yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking that, like, there's no way a gun store just has bullets, like, ready to go. They shouldn't. <laughs> they, for that reason, specifically. They don't anymore. Yep. Not they learned. The Terminator they, they probably watched that movie. It goes, ooh, that's a good idea. We've just been leaving these shotgun shells just hanging around. Ugh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That scene's good. That That's scene funny. is good. Uh, I also like, I love the scene early on where... Um, I don't like when he kills the first... So he kills the first Sarah Connor. Yeah. That lady was just minding her business. Yeah. <laughs> Poor lady. Tough, tough. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, there's, there's the, like, the collateral damage, like, the number of people that get shot at that nightclub, the number there's of people... a lot that, of death in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Just... Yeah, they have... <laughs> <laughs> the lady that gets shot and falls on top of Sarah, yeah. and, like, part of the... <laughs> Part of the drama of that scene is she can't extricate herself from the pile of bodies. Dead, dead bodies that have been draped upon yeah, her. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, I do love the... So Sarah Connor, fake Sarah Connor, but real her real name is Sarah Connor, gets killed. The first of the Sarah Connor murders, shall we say. And her friend at the, at the restaurant says, oh, hey, Sarah, you're going to love this. <laughs> and then walks her over to a TV. Someone's where, out here picking off Sarah Connor. Someone, someone, someone's been murdered, brutally murdered in their home, sharing the same name as you. And I think she says something like, I knew you were going to love this or something like that. <laughs> This shit is right up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> Side seal deliver. This is Sarah's vibe. You know how you've always been talking about how you want people with your name to die a horrible death? Well, yeah. check this out. I think that was just a time toxic workplace yeah <laughs> well, they didn't have the language yet but yeah. sarah would have told that to her friend yeah. who is also murdered brutally yes while listening to a walkman after getting plowed <laughs> well put <laughs> um while and after <laughs> well said <laughs> i just couldn't get by that like when you're in a when you're in a um, relationship where one person wants to listen to music during uh, intercourse and the other one does not, the Sony Walkman. <laughs> yeah, it's great. They probably sold a bunch of Sony Walkmans after that. Uh, can we, another, another brief moment uh, before the friend. Well, so the friend and and the this is this is Sarah. 
This is Sarah Connor's roommate. Yeah. She is. There two, have been two, two Sarah Connors, two Sarah Connors, Connors have been killed so the because the Terminator is going through. Yes, there's yeah. the police are worried of the phone book killer, all that. Um, so Sarah Connor is aware that they're coming for her, but she is not home. Roommate is home, uh, getting plowed. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> All right. She is engaging in lovemaking with uh, we know. her boyfriend. <laughs> um, and, uh, two things happened to me or two, it happened here. Not to me. Two things happened here that I found extremely funny. One, uh, as much as funny as a double murder can be in a movie. One, um, and it's played for laughs in it the is, movie, too, right? <laughs> yeah, classic laugh. Yep. Uh, very serious scene. Uh, she walks out with her Walkman um, to make a post-coital snack, shall we? <laughs> and she gets this tray of, like, <laughs> it's a smorgasbord. <laughs> like, yeah, just, the sandwich she makes is ginormous. She makes a giant sandwich. <laughs> yeah. If she had made Peanut a more reasonable sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> a glass and, of milk. And, uh, yeah, it's a whole <laughs> glass, glass of milk. milk. It was the 80s. The Got Milk campaign was yeah, at its eight. Oh, the Got Milk campaign just had its talents and everybody. Every, everyone every thought their famous, bones were going to fall off if they didn't have three glasses of milk a day. Every celebrity had a milk mustache on a poster in your, in your high school there? cafeteria. Remember those days where Big Milk had us convinced that milk was a necessary part of life? You need calcium for your bones. Yep. In pumping iron, <laughs> Arnold says he doesn't drink milk because he's not a baby. <laughs> I like this. Game. So he knew. I love milk. Yeah. Um, the second funny. <laughs> is this one. an anti-milk movie? Do you think? <laughs> she does drop the milk almost immediately. Yep. Do you think he he only signed on if there would be someone I must kill the milk? <laughs> it's like straight up Hayes Code, where anyone who has sex has to die. Anyone who drinks milk has to die immediately. So you know that it was bad that they drank the milk. <laughs> they cut to the they cut to tech noir and just a bunch of people just fucking milk. <laughs> like, it's no white it's, Russians. It's just the clockwork orange bar all of a sudden. They're all drinking milk. <laughs> Fucking hit by canes on the head wearing bowler hats. Yeah. Uh the second funny thing that happened. <laughs> Damn, it's the same scene. It's the same scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh Arnold Schwarzenegger walks in violently into Oh, actually no, like he he's a the boyfriend is asleep on the bed and he gets woken up by Arnold Schwarzenegger house invading, basically. And he jumps up, and I think his first words to him are something along the lines of, I'm going to kick your ass, or like, like you know, like, I'm going to, like, like me and you, buddy, we're doing this. And, like, the sheer confidence of this, I mean, relatively strong-looking dude, but this yeah. is Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like, this guy with a gun. Like, this guy should be terrified. And instead, he's like, oh, that's it. No one invades my home <laughs> <laughs> of my girlfriend and gets away with it. Yeah. And he, and he, I mean, maybe he's not processing all of this, but yeah. uh, the Terminator like goes to grab him yep. and he punches a hole through the pillow, which isn't a thing most people can do. No, no. And he's still like, I know I'm mostly naked, but it's go time. <laughs> yep. Well, maybe he should have had that sandwich first. He should have had the sandwich. The milk was right there. The if he had had the milk. If he had had the milk. Um, yeah, but that guy gets tossed through a window and just... Really just beaten to hell. Then we have the police stuff, which I actually really enjoyed. I think everyone in the police station does a pretty good job. Everyone's got their character. Everybody makes it work. There's makes sense. You know, this is, um, yeah, she escapes. In the, the, yeah, well, it's the Technoir stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did skip it. I'm sorry. We and then there's like the car chase from the thing first yeah. before they get to there. Yeah, follow um, me if you want to, or come with me if you want to live. Right, we missed come with me sorry. if you want to live. Yep. 
Which is why we had to go back. Okay, we're going back. We're in Tech Noir. Uh, Tech Noir stuff's far. good. I like that Arnold's still wearing that stupid jacket that has yep. like a lightning bolt on the back or something. There's the very good scene of what I f- later found out was Danny Aiello's kid tries to stop him because like they established as a cover, $4, which seems... And 50 cents. And 50 cents. Yep. Um, Which seems very high for 1984. Well, it's Tech Noir. It is Tech Noir. It's not any bar. It's Tech Noir. It's Tech Noir. Um, and then she goes into Tech Noir to, to ostensibly hide out and calls the police and they're like hey just wait there we'll get there yeah not for the first time that i was like oh this is actually like pretty cyberpunk yeah i mean tech noir you know that's it's not a stretch to think that yeah i doubt that's an original thought no you know and then arnold walks in obviously unaware that he had to pay a cover and (laughs) danny aiello he would have yeah he would have if he knew yeah uh but danny aiello's kid is the bouncer i didn't know afterwards and uh he gets his hand yeah i was gonna say she says hey like that guy didn't pay and then he goes to grab him and without looking just no luck breaks his wrist which is actually i I appreciated that view slow-mo slow-mo wrist break um very well sold uh by uh by that guy and then yeah, he he causes a uh, he does a he does a mass shooter uh, in yeah not in cool bar. yeah very very bad move. So even not counting that, I probably wouldn't go to Tech Noir. It's not really in my scene. You guys, big club people, no, no, <laughs> no. And alone, knowing your two friends got murdered, I probably would have just gone to the police station if it were me. I mean, if you want to go to like a public place, it is strangely well lit for a club. Yep, and there's a lot of people there. And that's what the police tell her. And in most situations, probably right. The other people were killed in their homes. Where does she find out? She finds out about the murders in te- the second murder at in Technoir? At a bar. It's a different bar. Yeah. That she, she leaves goes. and walks to Technoir. So that's the moment. She that dips I... into Technoir when she realizes Michael Bean's following her. That's right. I forgot. Okay. I was like, I'm like trying to figure out like why wouldn't you just go to the police? Because Michael Bean's following. Yeah. She's trying to keep moving. She goes into that and, and calls the police immediately. And the police are like, oh, like, don't worry, you're in a public place. Like this yeah. guy's not I mean, and to be fair to the police, this guy's MO wasn't that. This guy's MO yeah. was killing people in their homes. So it's like, yeah, turns just out it's just a coincidence. That's stay in public. <laughs> we'll send a guy there. You know, like it's a good stable plan like yeah you see the police officer just walk over to him be like hey it's sarah connor let's get out of here you know yep. and then police custody find the guy see you later but unfortunately it wasn't yeah. a human it was a terminator <laughs> it was a terminator he comes in starts gunning people down but yeah. bean before terminator can shoot sarah connor shoots terminator who doesn't die specifically but he is waylaid for a second sarah can start trying to get away then michael bean says come with me if you want to live yep. great line Great line. And she does. And she does. Kind of. <laughs> she doesn't really want to. That's later. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> when she's getting plowed. Yeah. Um, when you can see your boobs. <laughs> I hope you just bleep every time I say it so that it just. <laughs> it would be worse. <laughs> it would be worse. Um, yeah. So they leave. There's a good chase. They end up in. There's a brief lull in the chase where they end up in a parking garage and that's where the exposition dump comes. And he says, I know your son. He sent me back. There's a robot war in the future. She's like, this sounds stupid. And he's like, just go with it. I mean, you see this Terminator coming after you. That's not a guy. It's a a cybernetic organism, a cyborg, which we did look up and it was cyborg was only like a 20 something year old term at the time. That's kind of crazy to think about. Um, it was coined in the 60s. So, yeah, it's a great bit 
where I just love this, this exposition delivery is great because it's, it's asking the question. It's like an FAQ yep. where she's the question part. She is the um, audience surrogate. And he and, answers. Yeah. And he is telling her about, I mean, that he's a machine. She goes, a machine like a robot. And he goes, no, not a robot. <laughs> Yeah, a cyborg. It sweats. It's, yeah, it's cybernetic. It's yeah, it sweats. Which is so, important because yeah. at the beginning when they it's show naked, Emmy is extremely sweaty. Yeah, I was just curious. The uh, like cyborg from DC uh, actually introduced for the first time in 1980, so right. before Terminator. Huh, interesting. Because I was like, that's a it's a similar look with the red eye like on one side and then the, um, the human look on the other side. Yep. Yeah. Might have drawn attention or might have drawn inspiration from the way Cyborg looked. I was trying to think of like Cyborgs oh, yeah. from that era and like Six Million Dollar Man With kept the red coming eye up. Especially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just can only imagine how many times people are like, well, imagine the Six Million Dollar Man, but he's coming after you. <laughs> like, it's a, he's a bad guy. <laughs> like, that's probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think especially that makes boomers. sense. <laughs> then another chase ensues. A lot of the, the the highways and streets and sometimes tunnels of L.A. in this movie, they're driving around, and this is when they crash, the Terminator crashes, they end up in police custody. And that, they just keep showing different shots of the bike sliding and the car sliding, yeah. the bike sliding and the car sliding. It's good stuff. It was a good shot. So it was just until, kind of funny how many times they did. <laughs> so that's about the halfway point of the movie, and some yeah. people seem to think that the second half is a little bit slower. They don't is. think that it is a little yeah. bit slower um, or that they, they, they are right. think that it's not as good because it's a little bit slower. Um, and I would say, yeah, up until they get into police custody, it's a little under an hour and it's just all go. It's yeah. like Mad Max Fury Road. It's yeah. just a, pretty much all a chase. Yeah. Um, because from minute one, you know that Terminator's coming for her, yeah. pretty much. Even if she doesn't know until minute like twenty or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's pretty incredible. It it just zip zaps. It just keeps going. It's really yeah, there is no fat to trim in that. Uh, no, honestly, in most of the movie, there's none. But especially not the first half. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's the first word. One of the first words I used at the beginning of the podcast was elegant, mm-hmm. and it just is. It's, it's like perfectly designed, pretty much yeah. for uh, very very well timed. Yeah. Or and well paced. Yeah. Now you got a bit of a lull while they're in the police station and they're yucking it up though. They're, 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 they're having a good time. Everyone's making fun of Lance Reese. Hendrickson, classic yucker. Just, <laughs> he's I mean, he's great in this. He doesn't have a ton to do, but no, he's still he good. Uh, I do love the police chief. I think the police chief does a very good job. Like <laughs> throws a your mama joke out like, <laughs> yeah. when he's walking away. I love the coffee where he loves to drink the coffee. He's like, that coffee's ice cold. And I put my cigarette out in it. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, they do they they got a couple of things going Yeah. And they and I, I like that they've kind of been building up the cops for a while and they're like, We got yeah. thirty cops here, you're fine. Yeah. And I mean you know that's not true. Yes. And they're not listening to what Reese is telling them. And then the Terminator comes and he has, um, I guess, the biggest line in this movie where he tells the desk clerk that he'll be back. Um, and he is immediately back. <laughs> and he just, just like a knife through butter. Yep, just drives a car through the entire building. And you don't really ever, I don't think you ever see the cops again. No, you don't. You know. Because they're all dead because he killed them all. Yeah, pretty much. Um, interesting thought, because this happened to me the first time I watched it. It happened to Bree today. Um the I'll be back line mm. in such context of the world because it is so 
pervasive throughout yeah. all of our pop culture, uh, specifically said in Arnold's voice, or at least in a deep register. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> it's funny to think it's kind of a gag line in a way. Like, it's cool. It's undeniably a cool line. Yes. But it is a line that he comes back and your reaction is to kind of like chortle and be like, oh, fucking this guy. You know what I mean? Like this, oh, this guy. It's also, it's, it's like, it's a rule of cool thing, right? Yes. Because it's unnecessary. Yep. He could just go through that guy. Yep. Pretty easily. Yes. He's got guns. He's, <laughs> he doesn't even need them. He could just, yeah. it's what, like a door? Yeah. You'd go mean, through the door. The door might be a padlock or something, but yeah, but that yeah. was definitely a rule. But in the moment, you're not thinking of that. Cause yeah, no. that's what James Cameron has always had his finger on the pulse on of is like, you're going to suspend your disbelief for this because it's mm -hmm. fucking cool. It's cool. <laughs> He drives the car through the front. Yep. The guy, I guess, dies because he gets his midsection crushed. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah, definitely crushed. And, I feel uh, like yeah. I feel like he could have gotten out of the way. <laughs> I feel like there is a nut. You, you see There's a react. split second where he doesn't yeah. have to be pinned behind the desk in the like wall. I feel like, and the car, I don't know. If maybe he, not. If he leaps straight up. Yeah. He sees the car coming. It doesn't. It doesn't go. I don't know. It has to come up some stairs. It's got to go up some stairs. And yeah, yeah. And the the headlights are going to tell you it's yeah. coming, right? He's got his headlights on. Maybe, maybe not. No, that's um, true. Maybe he doesn't know to put his headlights on. But still, cars were not quiet in the mid eighties. No, they were not. Um, and yeah, and then he just cuts through this precinct looking for. Uh, I keep almost saying Laura Palmer, but it's yep. Sarah Connor. Yep. Uh, if I cut out all the stuff I said about Twin Peaks, then that'll be a weird thing to say. <laughs> um, and yeah, then they they leave again. Reese gets out. I, I like when like you know there's a cool move that a prisoner does to unhandcuff himself and escape. Yep. And the guy turns around for a second, and then he turns back. He, he just kind of smacks him, and then yep. and then he has to like the do case. the weird crab to yeah yeah. yeah he has to unlock himself from behind his back. Yeah, and they get out of there. They go for a while, then they throw their car in the woods, and then they yep. sleep under a bridge. Yep. Yes. And then a little more exposition. Yep. Um, is sprinkled in there. Yeah, this is the part where it's kind of slowing down, and uh, it's like them talking about the sun because, like, you have to find out, you know, where the sun's coming from, and even though it's completely kind of telegraphed where the sun's coming from. <laughs> yeah. Um. He talk. Yeah, he talks about what what it's like to be alive later, and. How much is her son is, yeah, like you're saying. Yeah. I think I think this is the point where, and the reason why I didn't start agreeing with you on that is because I'm tired and I thought you were talking about the direction of the sun. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like sunlight. It's like, yeah, like it's still the east. I don't yeah. remember this part. No, the child. And then I was like, well, in the Matrix, the machines block out the sun. <laughs> is that what you forget? It? Is that? No, yes. Sarah's the son. <laughs> I agree. This is when they talk about this. It's going to be like, yeah, sure. Also, they talk about Sarah's son. Maybe you forgot. Um, anyway, yeah. This is the moment when I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I see. He's the father, obviously. Um, They're going to have sex, then he's going to die. Yep. Uh, there. There time travel. I don't know if this is the time for it. But is there time travel crimes in here? Like from a, from a, like a... A timeline standpoint? Depends on what fictional universe you're in, but probably yes. I, my, my thought is that, so we live in a world where the Terminator is sent back in time to kill Sarah Connor to change the future. Yep. Um, and then, obviously, uh, 
uh, recess to go back to become the fo- like goes back becomes the father to John Connor, and then you know like the Terminator's thwarted. If it, I I don't remember two enough. Um, so like I don't know if it's one of those things where like ah oh, there's a crime in there somewhere. It seems like it's one of the classic like I'd say Greek Oracle perhaps ones where it's like oh you got to prevent this and then you going back actually causes the thing to happen like yeah. which wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. other you know like kind of right yeah he wouldn't have been there if the know. Terminator hadn't gone after Sarah yeah no you're totally right so I think we're fine but I just always in mm-hmm. time travel movies I always just think the classic one being Back to the Future two. Uh, where Biff, when Biff goes back in time to hand off the 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 book, he should have gone back to a different future and instead goes back to his his previous yep. future, which doesn't make any sense. Yep. And that was like the collective ah, groan from the Back to the Future crowd that thought it did such a good job maintaining its universe. Yeah, and of course, in this, you have like the you know the fun paradoxes of Reese specifically says that he didn't he grew up after the war happened, so yep. his son is substantially older than him. Yep. In that, in that, in, in the timeline he's coming from. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's telegraphed here, but it's fine because yeah. you're like, Oh yeah, that'll be neat. Yep. <laughs> um, he's had a couple flashbacks throughout. This might be one of the, this might be the one where he, you see that he has the picture mm-hmm. of, uh, Sarah that yep. gets burned up. Um, which also has a great, a really nice payoff that I had forgotten and I really liked at the end, but that's at the end. Um, so there's this quiet moment where they sleep under a bridge and then they get a ride into town and then have another kind of like low key moment where they just have sex in a motel until nighttime. Yep. Seemingly. Seemingly. Um, and then the Terminator tracks him down. Yep. By pretending to be, uh, Sarah Connor's mom who, ostensibly was murdered solid oh here's what we're missing in this section um he does his like scout uh he has the like exacto knife in his eye in the mirror and you see the fake arnold head yeah is it time to talk about the fake arnold head we talk about the fake arnold all right so again i hate to keep bringing up the thing but like it's extremely culturally relevant it's it's two years after that and it is a practical effects marvel that we have talked about on this show and we and everyone in this room has seen recently uh, I'm not saying that they should have hired, uh, it unfortunately escapes me the name of the guy that did the practical effects for the thing. Um, but I'm not saying they should have hired that guy, but I'm just saying they should have gotten a better person than the person they got to do this Arnold head. This Arnold head looks bad. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think they were limited by technology. Like they got someone, it looks I guess close enough for the time, but it's not like the thing where it's like they're taking um, the actor's likeness and then making it monstrous. Um, they're trying to make it look human, and in that, it's still going to look kind of off. Um, and especially with like no computer effects to like edit it and make it look better, so it's always going to look a little janky. Um, but I think my first comment when I watched that, it's like, did they get the Chucky animatronic for this? Because it looks mm-hmm. so similar, but that doesn't come out for another four years. It but. does add to the horror aspect. <laughs> yeah. It makes it look creepier when he's got the animatronic when they have the animatronic with like the the metal skin under it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. kind of when he's like driving i can tell when they're driving the truck some of it is arnold makeup and some of it is just the ro- like the robot depending on what you know what they need yes. out of that yeah. see if it's a reaction shot or if it's something they need like arnold to be like like actually driving the truck yeah um but the, yeah the ones in the mirror it just doesn't look like them and it's like jarringly not yeah that's like that's them. tough so yeah talking about the thing where it's it's like uh it's sort of a likeness but it's 
pretty fucked up and they're inventing a thing that doesn't exist in real life. Whereas we've been staring at Arnold's face for most of this movie already. So we are very familiar with how it's supposed to look And And you're right. It just doesn't quite capture it, but yeah. it's not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily bad. Yeah, I think it's, it's in, I think it's good enough. And it's it's interesting because again, it's going back to the, you know, if you're born in 1963 or something and you're 21 when this movie comes out and you see this, does it even bother you? You know, do you just go like, oh, well, obviously that's a robot head, yeah. but like I don't care because like they can't, you know, there's not technology that exists that's better than that. It's kind of like when you're playing video games in like the early 90s, it's like this is the coolest shit of all time because you don't know what it's gonna become. You don't know what you yeah, can get. Absolutely. So it might be partially that yeah. just I can't get myself out of my 2023 lens to look at that and be like, I like I think that's fair. This movie's almost 40 years old. Like it should be able to it should be able to like um get by. And it's not like I thought, oh, this movie's bad, bad animatronic. It was more to me, the thing that kept popping up for me with this, this top motion robot we can get to later, uh, and the lightning, is that James Cameron is a noted perfectionist. And it startled me, even early in his career, this is the second director, like uh, directed movie, yeah. that he wouldn't be like, mm, we need something better than this. Uh, his budget is low. No, like I don't know. The budget's slow. I don't think he's yeah. he himself has too much power, so he's maybe yeah. having to take what they're giving him. He definitely doesn't have. I'm going to build an entire um, tank in you know, like so. Yeah, in Baja California. Yeah, weirdly, only take over 13 years after this. Oh my god, <laughs> he assembles yeah. that much power. Seriously, um, you know, you're totally right. I think it is. I you know, to me, it was just sort of a testament to testament, maybe not. Maybe this is projection. I don't know. Um, he's always had a thing for like, you know, facial capture, right? That's true. <laughs> he's gone all in on Avatar, and that is a movie where 85, 90% of the characters now who have the bulk of the screen time are all facial capture yep. animated characters. Um and so yeah, he's just been maybe maybe that's why. He's been trying to get that he's been trying Ever since this Arnold face came out a little wonky, <laughs> he's just been chasing that dragon. It's like the Chris Nolan, like, uh, the Chris Nolan, like, um, large scale city destruction stuff where he just keeps getting bigger and bigger, like things being destroyed to like, yep. I'm just going to destroy planets and like, uh, <laughs> space stations now. Because. Oppenheimer out this summer. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's, that's you well, really think well about worked. it. Christopher Nolan just keeps blowing up bigger stuff. Like my football stadium, bad man. <laughs> but yeah. oh, I hope it's not the whole city next, bad man. <laughs> I'm gonna fold the city in half. After this. Yeah, Tom Hardy's in Inception. He speaks like that there. Too. He is. He's going. I'm in disguise. I don't even know what that was. That wasn't me. <laughs> I somehow slipped back into Jimmy Stewart, I think. Damn it, not again. <laughs> we can't go back. We're in too deep. We gotta get out of the dream. <laughs> the only way around it is through Batman. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. There's no difference between Jane, with Jane and Bimmy Stewart. That's what I was going to say. Jane and Bimmy. Jane and Bimmy. We have to cut this. Yeah, oh, that's a shame. We can't do another Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> we can't do impressions anymore. So yeah, I think the Arnold head looks fun. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's definitely 
James Cameron. It's not up to what you'd think is James Cameron's standards, and I wonder if it kind of drove him crazy at the time. Yeah, probably. After that, he tracks them down at the motel. They get out of there. We haven't really mentioned the Terminator vision, but this is another time where it comes up. And obviously, as well as the couple lines that we've called out from this movie, one of the things that is, I guess, probably like the biggest cultural maybe footprint, maybe like the ripple effects from that is is you see that parody at a lot of places. And we were talking about that. Is that like the first time we were trying to think of like a time when there had been something like that on a screen? I was like, I think that's probably the first time something like this was specifically on a screen. I was trying to think of how like other movies from that era that had, um, shall I say, like a hunter vision because you know how like the predator has like yeah. they cut to the predator's like view is like True. I think Predator came after Terminator. No, almost to. definitely has Arnold in it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that was probably a direct kind of influence from them. Was this? I don't know. I can't think of anything else that happened before that that would have specifically had a this is a non-human villains view. Not just like, a, oh, we have a yeah. camera and it's clearly the villain like looking at the cabin through the woods, you know, from the from behind the trees. Like, we know we've had that view. That view is ancient. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I couldn't think of another one that had like a modified, you know, this is a non-human look at what the villain's seeing right now. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, I wonder. We already, I mean, already mentioned Michael Myers earlier, but Halloween starts with the first person through the mask yep. sequence. Um, and that's six years before this. Yeah, I don't know that there was one that was like this tech-y, right? Probably not. And Jeez. and and so specific um, to this. I, I'm yeah, sure. You see all the like kill, kill, you know, things come up in future, you know, like all the, or like some kind of vision where somebody's got like a crosshair and it's like finding its way over to somebody and then glowing yeah. red, like all things that. I think Community did a joke that like that's how Abed sees people too. Yeah. It's. Especially, yeah, the one where he's like, He's like nagging people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think it's literally that yeah. the the Hillary Duff episode. Yep. Right? <laughs> yep. Um, um, but yeah, uh, does, has James Cameron come out and said like big influences for him? Unfortunately, I didn't look that up before. Maybe I can look it up now, I guess, but like, I didn't know <laughs> if you had it off the top of your head. Cause I'd be curious if like Carpenter was like somebody he was big into. Cause like you think about, you know, the stuff that Carpenter did right before this, it's, it's certainly, linked maybe not you know one for one i would say that carpenter obviously is much more horror based and like it's almost like i i would believe that james cameron would look at it and say like oh i kind of want to do what john carpenter's doing but like make it actiony you know make it more palatable Mm -hmm. you know for a wider audience i think people are going to assume that we're just pretending we didn't read the wikipedia page on uh the development section on terminator that in sentence two, inspired by director John Carpenter, who had I, made the slasher film Halloween. I didn't read that, so uh, I'm happy with myself. Neither, neither had I until just now, but I want to call it out so we don't get called out ourselves. Um, this is talking specifically about, so after a dream Cameron has about a metallic torso wielding kitchen knives crawling away from an explosion. Um, he's inspired by John Carpenter, who made Halloween on such a low budget. And Cameron used that dream as a launching pad to write a slasher-style film. The agent disliked the horror film and requested that he work on something else, so Cameron fired his agent. (laughs) Great move. Um, And then that's eventually the seed that turns into Terminator. So, yeah, all that to say, 
I think that's well observed. I think those are a lot of his influences. (laughs) And it's also interesting. uh, I think this might be the best time to bring this up. Uh, What the thing that drove my after movie Googling was the dedication to Harlan Ellison. Um, When they get done, especially it didn't happen in theaters, but it happens in the, in the re-releases since where it says like, Hey, acknowledgement of the works of Harlan Ellison, Mm -hmm. which I just sat there and thought, why did the, um, I have no mouth and I must scream guy get called out here. Cause mm-hmm. I, I am not a huge sci-fi reader. I will yeah. be, I know his name and I looked it up and, uh, uh famous jackass, Harlan <laughs> Ellison, whose Wikipedia page is so funny because it's basically like, he is like a seminal sci-fi writer. Also, he's a jackass. And then there's a quote that tells you about how much of a jackass he is. And that's his opening three lines in Wikipedia. So that's how much of a jackass that guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically got done with this movie and called him up and goes, guys, loved the movie. You totally ripped me off. And then James Cameron's like, what are you talking about? I had a fever dream about a metal torso. And he's like, nah, go back to watch those two episodes of The Outer Limits that I wrote 20 years ago or whatever it was. And yeah. you'll see clearly that I had two soldiers going back in time fighting each other and you ripped me off. And uh, there's not much of a huge story there, but they have to pay off Carl and Ellison. Uh, they have to acknowledge Harlan Ellison in the in the credits, and James Cameron hates all of this, and it drives yeah. him up a wall. Yeah, because James Cameron, for I actually believe James Cameron here, uh, they're different enough, and it's not a crazy unique idea. It's like, oh god, no, you sent two people to that back in time. Yeah, like it's it's not like some crazy you know plot that couldn't possibly be conceived by anyone less than a genius. Like it it's it's fine, and um. You could probably even go far, far back enough to do like, I forgot who wrote Arena. It might have been Isaac Asimov. I'm probably getting that wrong. It's mm. probably embarrassing. But like, it's also something like that where it's like, okay, we're just pitting two, you know, you're pitting two people against each other. In this case, right, it's yeah. kind of three. Um, but having them fight without really, you know, knowing. And then you expand on the plot from there. Mm. Um, I feel bad for Big Jim here. I feel like, uh, I feel like yeah. he, he, he should have. I'm sure it didn't probably hurt his pocket at all, yeah. but it is probably kind of a chip in his shoulder. His first big movie that he wrote that like yeah. was a hit is mired in controversy almost immediately because this is like happens right away. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it doesn't end up tainting his legacy at all, but I'm sure no. at the time it was it yeah, was miserable. It was probably just very annoying for a guy like that. And, and while we're talking about Cameron in control, <laughs> um, it's a good time to bring in Galeon Hurd. She is someone who we'll mention a lot, at least in the next couple episodes, who is a, a big piece of Cameron's early career, I guess the first half of his uh, filmography at least, where he is uh, eventually married to and eventually divorcing from while still producing these movies with Gail Ann Hurd. Um, she's working as Roger Corman's assistant at the time. I have to think that's the first time I've mentioned Roger Corman on this podcast. Maybe we'll do some Corman movies one time. Maybe we'll do a Corman month. That'd be fun. <laughs> she, uh, Cameron, Big Bob Spring. Yeah, Big Bob Spring time. <laughs> Big Bob uh, Solstice. Um, <laughs> his name's Roger. What? Oh, is it Roger? Yeah. I thought you said Robert. My Sorry. bad. <laughs> Say like, wait, wait a second! I still think we should call, We're gonna it, call Big it Big Bob, Bob Midwinter. <laughs> Who's it about? A guy named Roger. Um. Anyway, Cameron sold the script to Terminator to Galen Hurd for a dollar on the promise that she would only let him direct it. So he gives up 
but I mean, he's not a super successful dude yet. Yeah. <laughs> but he takes no money for the script because he just wants to direct it that bad. And it was the right play. <laughs> yep, it certainly was. So the finale of this film, this this next chase leads into the tunnels, leads into the big truck. Yep. There's car crashes. There's Linda Hamilton outrunning a motor vehicle for yep. a long time. <laughs> Um, chaotically long time yeah you start seeing the skin starting to come off of the terminator you see the red eye while he's driving but then he gets exploded by one of the how many explosives do we think reese has so the funny thing is is that at least there are a lot of Chekhov's guns going off here all all well he does a good job um firing his Chekhov's guns uh the scene right before um they make whoopee uh they have uh, this is worse. Reese Reese says something. I think he's oh he tells he tells uh Sarah Connor that he's that he, is, that he loves her. And then he immediately is like that's like it, it kind of washes over him. It's like, okay, I met you like a day ago. I had no con you know, I basically loved a picture. Like it all kind of lands with him in yeah. that moment. Like that was a really creepy and awkward thing to say. And it kind of hits him and he gets up and he angrily starts stuffing pipe bombs in a uh in a duffel bag. Yeah. And you, you gotta set just, it up. And you're kind of just sitting there going, that's like eight to ten pipe bombs like there was a lot of pipe bombs and i think they probably blow up like six of them i don't know maybe not yeah. six but it's at least like four it's definitely at least throwing four. them out the window for yeah. a while for a while then he throws one in the truck which is the one that explodes he later throws one in the terminator or yeah. sarah connor no, he, he, he does he does it that's right yeah um but yeah also uh uh, he got, he gets in the uh, the the gas tanker, and Bree immediately was like, "Oh, you think this thing's gonna explode?" <laughs> it does. It does really well. And another thing for special effects, uh, I had trouble figuring out which what was real and what was uh, fake fire. It seemed like they did a pretty good. A job. lot of fire. It was it was a, a lot of fire. It was a There's definitely a person fire. on fire. There's definitely a person on fire that is definitely like a I don't flame know, suit. I, I don't know how much of the fire around them was happening was at the same time. I agree. Or real. But that that scene is great. <laughs> perfect. Like that is a for you talk about special effects looking back at the 80s. I don't know how much fire is going on the you know, I don't know how much yeah. big um, fire Nightmare on Elm Street has a big fire gag also. That's true. With a, with a person walking while on fire. Um a recent movie that I talked about with Vaz on a podcast that hasn't come out yet um by the the writer Kevin Williamson of the uh, of most of the Scream movies. Mm. I guess technically maybe not most anymore now that there's about to be a sixth one. Yeah. Um, a new horror movie about teens that are secluded and people are trying to kill them with knives <laughs> and it's got some twisty genre subversion stuff going on. Who knew? Um, it just came out. It's on Peacock. It's called sick. I liked it a lot. It has a great person running while on fire gag. Oh, nice. I like it. That's got to be great for the stunt guy, right? That's got to be like getting, Ooh, it's fire day. yeah, <laughs> like getting getting the I'm on fire in a movie scene has to be like for a stuntman specifically. It's got to yeah. be your like uh, your crowning achievement. There, I would assume. Maybe I'm wrong there. There's one in Sick that is really good. Um, uh, I I don't know why we're having so many stops and starts trying to just talk about the finale of this movie. Sorry. But, but no, no, it's the my the fault. Fire, the fire's my, really good. The fire's really big part of it. Because it burns off his it burns off his human, skin human and he's stuff. dead. That I think it's the first of three false finishes uh yeah. we have here. All done well. I'm not saying they're bad. Just yeah. I wonder how many times like audiences actually bought in. Because you go in not knowing how long it is. You don't necessarily know yeah. the pace. So I would assume that you think like when he blows up that he's gonna come back. Yeah. But like it is still a cool reveal. Like they're on fire. 
Reese and her are hugging like, oh, it's finally over. And then he starts like, I don't hulking out <laughs> like yep. of the rubble. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And that's the big moment. And I'm, I do wonder how that hit audiences because he emerges as a robot that, yeah. um, well in mo- most of the time while he's in motion that you can actually see his whole body, um, that's stop motion. Yes. Very, There's definitely very obviously stop motion. If it's a close up, it's not. You no. can see that it's someone probably practical, moving around yeah. a practical thing. And that looks great. Yeah. Uh, I love its teeth. I don't know yeah. why its teeth look like that, but its teeth look great. Um, I don't know. And I like the stop motion. You guys don't? Uh, it's so it jarring. It was funny. <laughs> it is fu- yeah, that's the problem is that it's really funny. It's a little goofy. At a yeah, period- you're like picturing like a Benny Hill thing. Exactly. At a, at a really, just a, a, a really tight ending. You know, like it's a good ending. Uh, and it's not a lot of stop motion in there, but there's enough. The I think probably my the most the two most egregious shots for me, and there was only like four or five. Um, but was one the first one like they he pops out of the fire, and you're like, oh shit, it's getting real now. And then he stop motion walks, and you're like, oh, what that is kind of weird and jarred. yeah. The other one is when he's going for the door. <laughs> when yeah. he's going for the door, that's a tough one too. Yeah, I, I do like at this point it just becomes like indistinguishable from a slasher. Yes, it is a slasher from now. Where they're just like, okay, fuck it. We're just trying to run away from this guy now. Yep. We're pretty beat up too. We're going to stumble, but we're going to try and run away from this guy. And um, it finishes where all all 80s and, movies end, which is in a, a random factory. warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> you got to you got to end in a factory. You got to end in a factory. RoboCop started in a factory and then also ended in. Well, you need the factory in there. We'll do a Verhoeven month. <laughs> Big. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. We can't keep doing that. I'll find my most Catholic friends to be on the Benedetta episode. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. And uh, pipe bomb to torso. Um, yeah. Knocks him in half. And there's, then- some, there's some good. This guy's chasing us slowly and we're trying to get away, but we yeah. can't run that well stuff. Some yeah. real good stuff. Yeah. And he pipe bombs him in the torso. Yep. And then Reese, Reese. He tries to get away by throwing himself backwards down a flight of <laughs> metal stairs. stairs. Yeah. And Reese uh, get, bites it. Yeah, he, bites it. Too bad. Yeah. And you're like, well, oh, man, at least it's over. Nope. nope. But wait. <laughs> I love, I, I just love that they go for that moment of like, oh, no, Reese is dead. And it's, but then the guy starts and he crawls over the body. Yep. Yeah. It's like, oh, I love, I loved that. That's a good yep. touch. <laughs> Um, and yeah, yeah, you think, and like, I guess this is the fever dream that Cameron had is the tor- the metallic torso, torso crawling. crawling itself. He must've yeah. just, he must've loved that whole, just shooting like, Oh, it's all coming together. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things that I guess you don't really think about it, but it's half a body and it's crawling with its hands. Yep. If she could stand up and just run away. Yeah. She'd get a lot of clearance on this thing and be able to figure out what to do. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. But you don't think about that. No, and and the interesting thing is, so this is again. I hate to keep going back to other movies, but I have to. Uh, yeah. Four years from Alien, five years from Alien. Uh, Alien seventy nine, and it's a okay, and it's a kind of. I, I feel like it kind of evokes the same like Lucky Star, you know, like he, he, things uh-huh. there hitting a button. Like it's kind of like it's not the same. Don't get me wrong, but it is similar. Like, uh, you know, she's there and the Terminator's crawling through what you later find out is a hydraulic press. I might have missed. They might have clued you in on that a little earlier than I missed it. Um, But she like she, I, I'm trying to remember if it's one of the things that it shows in operation because yeah, it kind of does show you what's yeah. going on. in the fact. Um, But yeah, she's clearly luring it in like it is like she's basically allowing yeah. herself to get choked by the thing. 
basically so she can get yeah. all of the torso in there to crush it. And then hits him with probably the best kill line since MacGruber. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well delivered by Linda Hamilton, too, who is not. And again, because T2 is the predominant thought of this movie, yeah. most of what Linda Hamilton is like in this movie isn't what you think about with no, Sarah Connor. She's not a badass biker. Um, like. But this in the throughout the course of this scene where she's saying, like, get up, soldier, to you see her becoming that person. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. You're terminated, fucker. And yep. <laughs> the way she says it is fucking dope. I don't. I yeah. can't do it justice. Legitimately only, can't. Usually movies, especially I've noticed in movies um, older than this. They're not older. I should say older than like uh, the 2000s. When you get an R rating, you kind of go all in on the swears. This movie, I think, only has like three or four. Yeah, One I was going to ask. Is, it's it's definitely got to be R, but yeah, I don't remember too many uh, fuckers in there. There's the there's the famous um, Arnold looking for a line on his screen, and he says like, "What fuck you, asshole," or something yeah. like yeah. that. That's a very good. And the man with the most shoulder hair in the history of the world walks away sheepishly. They don't make men like that anymore. They don't. <laughs> just the most just for movies super like super of all time. Just that guy knows how to fix anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the movie's almost over. You get the epilogue. Well, well, I guess the cops finally show up yep. and give her a blanket or something. And give Reese a body. And give her, give him a body bag. <laughs> and then you see the epilogue where she's, I guess, in Mexico yeah. and, you know, stuff that, what well, we talked about with Titanic. If you look at this stuff on paper, probably looks pretty corny. Yep. <laughs> There's a storm coming. I know. Yep. <laughs> Works here. It does. The kid takes the picture that Reese would eventually have. Yeah. That's great. It's nice <laughs> that's that great. She acknowledges now. that's a scam, but still pay. Like well, you know, like gets a little victory. Quattro. Yeah, she yeah. she haggles him down, but also isn't. It, you know, it's a low price scam. It's an easy scam, but like it shows that she's more learned in the world. Like, it's like I get how the world works yeah. a little more, but like four dollars ain't gonna kill me. You know. And then, yeah, she she looks like tougher. Yeah. She's pregnant now. She's while driving, dictating uh, audio log yep. for John to find later in a bit of environmental storytelling in his video game. Yep. <laughs> um, and it's it's interesting. So, like, John definitely knew Reese was the dad when sending him back. Like, yep. Hey, you got to go she, back. Because she explicitly makes the choice to tell him. Yeah. So. And she's like, hey, you know, like John, John Reese just talking in 2029. Like, hey, buddy. It's like, I need you to go back and save my mom. It's like, girl, okay. Yeah, it's like that this girl you got a picture of. She's really hot. Uh, and, uh, bad news is you're going to die. <laughs> Bean says that he volunteered, so yep. there's that. God, the 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 having to, like, like again, John Connor knowing that and having to surf that, yeah. like, that, like well, wave. Seems like they were pretty know? tight, too, so it probably, like, almost comes up a bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> I got to watch T2 again. Maybe they talk about it a lot. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. It could be embarrassing. All right. Well, on a scale of 0.5 to 5 on any scale of your choosing, let's give this one a rating. We will put our aggregated rating up onto the late to the movies letterbox. That's the number two. You can find it just by searching for members on Letterboxd. Okay. So uh, who wants to go first? I can go first. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to go with... 4.5 that guy stole my pants out of five <laughs> i like it i like it brie you got one or you want me to go uh 
yeah, mine's not too much of a bit, but um, four out of five German Shepherds. I like it. Oh, yeah. A lot of good doggies. Of- good doggies. They can tell when Terminators are there. Yep. <laughs> I love that they're just like, yeah, that's a thing dogs do yeah. for us. And like they watch like humans walk by. And they're like, okay, see you later. And then a Terminator walks by and they just start barking at Yeah. Well, this one checks out. That one's yep. human. That guy's definitely Terminator. Yep. Uh, four out of five. Four for Bree. 4.5 out of five for Sam. I'm going to be also at a 4.5 out of five. Uh, 4.5... Um, firearms that are ideal for home defense out of five. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good movie. Good movie. Yeah. I was, I was happy to tackle this one. Good way to kick off the Cameron month. What you got next in Cameron month? Going to try and do it chronologically. And the four that we're going to do, keeping in mind, we did Titanic already. Yep. And keeping in mind that next month is best picture nominees and I guess maybe we'll save Avatar 2 for that. <laughs> um, we'll do the first Avatar, hopefully at the end of the month. We'll do Aliens next, and then in between, I think we're going to do True Lies. Nice. Yeah. Be a nice little month. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> but not that one. It's a different one. <laughs> Up next, like we just said, is Aliens. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. You can email Noah at late to the movies at gmail.com. You can DM us, I guess. Mostly just look at our fun pictures on Instagram at late to the movies underscore podcast. That's on Instagram.com. Um, that's most of the things I usually say on T Public. I think I'm going to make a special design this year for the ladies and it'll have to be legally distinct, but it will depict whoever we pick as a winner. Okay. I think, (laughs) but it not so much that they can sue for the, you know, 50 cents that I get off of every t-shirt sold because of T public's bizarre rules. Um, all right. That just about does it. Thanks for being on the podcast. Bree and Sam. Thank you. Uh, terminated fucker. You terminated, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not. (laughs) Doesn't work.